morning. You're tuning in to Mornings with Mubarak on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, also streaming live on newhavenindependent.org. Here at Mornings with Mubarak, we look at national issues from a local level through a lens of diversity. My name is Mubarak Ibrahim from New Haven, Connecticut, and welcome to the show. Remember, you can join the conversation during or after the show on Twitter by using the hashtag MWM Radio or tweet me at Fit Muslima, F-I-T-M-U-S-L-I-M-A-H. So today we are talking about the response from women to the recent election. We have in the studio with us today Ann Massaro, who is the national organizer organizer for women and allies strike out and protest and the new haven organizer for the december 12th rally welcome Anne, and thank you for joining me thank you for having me today so we so this is uh an an, an interesting conversation i think for me that i'm looking forward to because um after the recent election which we know i think it has dev- made so many emotions come up for everybody. Some people in disbelief and in shock and kind of like what to do. And the biggest question, and I think the most often question that uh, that people are asking is that what do we do next? And what is the action plan? And so this is something that I, I think that it's really important because we can't just stay paralyzed from shock, right? <laughs> so we are, so we're exploring in in lots of different circles. What is the action plan? What is the next steps? So, tell me a little bit. Let's start off a little bit about um, during the campaign. Tell me about your your. I know you are an activist and you are really um, politically involved. Tell me a little bit about your activity during the campaign. Well. I worked for Hillary, did calls and knocked on doors and had a lot of faith as blind faith, as we now know, that she would be our first woman president and our next president. And it was a perfect, um, for me, follow up to the incredible presidency of Barack Obama. So I worked um, on his campaign. Um, I went and lived in Pennsylvania in a room for a couple of weeks in Franklin County and knocked on doors because he had to win that win Pennsylvania. So I then began to work for Hillary, you know, um, in this last campaign and just making calls and knocking on doors and believing that she was going to win. So during the campaign, I think that we all had some type of, um, as you said, blind trust. I think that we probably, um, underestimated (laughs) a lot of the just acceptance of, misogyny and bigotry and racism in America. So I, and I, I hesitate and I, I'm trying to shy away from, okay. I'm, I'm trying to change my tone in referring to people who voted for Donald, Donald Trump. I recognize that everybody that voted for Donald Trump is not a racist. I recognize that. So that's my admission. (laughs) However, people who are not a racist, who, who gave, who also voted for him has been complete compliant to racism. And so it's kind of like, 
you know, the accessory to the murder and the murder murderers kind exactly. of both goes to jail. You know, it doesn't really <laughs> it doesn't really make you absolved. Um, so I do you think that that's what our problem was, is that we underestimated people who just thought racism was is OK? Well, I think it's 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 a complicated question because I think the total investigation of how he it's so hard for me to say his name how he got elected more will be revealed i believe about that about that particular election um the electoral college is meeting on the 19th and it's my understanding that a group of representatives and senators democrats and i think a few republicans have put together a package for the electoral college of his connections to russia over the last year So I think that's an ongoing something that we're going to have to look at. I think we were in denial for sure. Um, And I was saying to you earlier that we come off of eight years of this incredible president who will go down in history, no doubt, as one of the best in our country. He's we go from him and his progressive agenda and 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 Michelle, who is my girlfriend in my head um, (laughs) uh, to and this fabulous family to, you know, a, a, a constitutional scholar. I mean, he is. And yeah. to someone who probably has never read the Constitution. <laughs> so I think his backing um, by white supremacist groups is real. Or otherwise, he wouldn't pick Banyan as one of his advisors, which is, you know, a, just a huge white supremacist group. I think this whole concept of the alt-right is the Klan taking their hoods off. I feel really strongly about this, that they are they are white supremacists and that is their total agenda. Mm-hmm. So now they have the ear, not yet, let's not give up hope, I just can't, but they have the ear of the uh, president-elect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. So, so I, and I certainly agree with you. I think that we kind of like underestimated, um, underestimated the people who are actually still under their hoods. That's right. <laughs> so for that's sure. That's right. So our, I guess our our next step in this process is, okay, tell me about election night for you. Oh, Lord. I'm, um, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse and worked many years and very hard on the couch, as they say, to go from victim to survivor. Now we have a man who is an admitted sexual predator, in addition to him being racist and homophobic and, you know, um, (sighs) and against, um, and his immigration policies are abhorrent. So after the election, so I couldn't watch the results. I just, I couldn't watch. But the next day I cried so hard. What did you do on election night though? Did you? So so like I, I couldn't watch either. So I went, I, I looked at my husband. I was like, you need to take me on a date right now. Like, Perfect. we need to go. <laughs> so we went to dinner in a movie. We got back at about, I don't know, 11, maybe 11 o'clock. And I literally 
got in the bed. I looked at the TV. And when I start seeing just a few states turn red, I literally got in the bed, put the covers over my <laughs> head and said, go to sleep, Mubaraka. And I it, that was the worst night's sleep I've had in such a long time. I tossed and I turned. And then about three o'clock in the morning, I was tossing. I was like, no, go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. And then finally I said, you know what? I said, sleeping is not going to change the results. Just get up and face reality. Just see what happened. And I didn't. So I don't have cable. Uh, I don't have TV. And the news is part of the reason why we don't have cable. And so I opened my phone and looked at Facebook. Right. And I was like, oh, dear God. <laughs> and I think I probably tossed and turned for another hour or two. And then finally <laughs> fell back to sleep. My husband ended up working overnight that night. And literally, like when he came home, when I got up in the morning and he was sitting on the couch, I literally crawled up in his lap like a baby. <laughs> and exactly. I was like, you needed comfort. Me. You needed comfort. I did. I was like, don't because even say anything. Because he kept on joking, saying, you know, it's possible he can win. I was like, no, it's not. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. He's like, you know, it's possible. I'm like, stop saying that. And then I was like, I was like, literally, like, just don't don't even say anything. Just hold yeah. me. And he was like. After he held me for like five minutes when I was getting up, he looked at me. He's like, I told you it was possible. <laughs> I was like, shut up. I know. <laughs> Just I have up. girlfriends. <laughs> I have girlfriends all over who said to me, this is going to happen. This mm -hmm. is, and I kept saying, no, there's no way this country is going to elect this man. But we have to remember, the country did not elect him. Mm. Right? Yes, electoral college. That's right. <laughs> he won the, the electoral college. That's right. The popular vote by more than any margin of popular mm. vote went to Hillary Clinton. Right, right. So right. that's, you know, the people, the voice of the people in this election did not matter. Right. We um, got screwed like we got screwed with Al Gore. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's, that's right. I think that when when Al Gore won the popular vote and he lost the electoral college, it wasn't as huge of a deal because even though I was not a fan of President Bush, yeah. he was not a Donald Trump. Well, that's ex that's exactly. <laughs> so I don't it. think that it was. It was kind that's of like, exactly okay, right. we can deal with this for four years. Yeah. We don't like it, but we can deal with that's it. That's exactly but right. Because we're not talking about Democrats and Republicans here. Yeah, you're we're right. We're talking about a man who is an admitted sexual predator, backed by the biggest white supremacist groups in this country, who have now had nine hundred actions. Mm across this country since his election. Mm. I spoke with a woman yesterday in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. <coughs> Excuse me. And I've been having a really hard time. I'll tell you about the organizing. But Southern women and, and these organizers are at every intersection of the people at greatest risk for increased violence and loss of civil rights and liberties. That's the organizers that have stepped up. Mm. Women in the South to organize are scared because there have been so many Klan rallies. Wow. Look, look at South Carolina. Look what just happened. You know, Walter Scott's death was un, you know, there was no justice. Mm. So, so with good reason that they're afraid. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's not a Republican and Democrat thing. It's about, which is what I say to people, this is about my values. This is about what I value as an American, as a human being, as a woman, this is what I value. And they are put forth as the values of our country. This, this man is, and his minions are against everything that this country was built on, 
and what it stands for. Well, built on, I can't say that because a lot of it was built by slaves. But, you know, the, the values that we hold dear um, are, and he violated them completely. So this isn't a political issue. This is a moral issue. I, I absolutely agree. I think the one of the things, one of the things that I say that surprised me most when people talked about um, why they were voting for who they were voting, both on, on, on both the Democrat and Republican men and women is I call it their the pinhole view in which they chose their candidate. So that's a, a good expression. It, it's like it's, I I had friends who literally were like, I'm voting for Hillary Clinton because oh. I'm voting with my uterus. And I'm like, well, I'm voting with my brain. So, <laughs> you know, to, to vote for her <laughs> just because she is a woman to me is a pinhole view to vote for Donald Trump just because he is anti-abortion is a pinhole view. You have to look at the entire picture. And I was really surprised as to how many people really did not think about kind of like the overarching result of if that person became president. Right. So it wasn't, um, I, I, and I'll be honest, I was not a Hillary Clinton supporter or I should say advocate. I was a Hillary Clinton supporter because the alternative was Donald Trump. (laughs) Um, So she was certainly the lesser of the two evils, if you'd like to put it that way. Yeah. Um, So I think that it's really that as we go forward, one of the things that is important for us is to really think about more than one issue. So that that is that seems to be a challenge for a lot of people, though. Did do you find that? Well, I guess you and I differ there a little bit because I think that women's rights are human rights. I agree. And we're the mothers, you know, we are, I was a Hillary supporter. Um, and, but I understand your position and I've, I've no, heard a number of people express it. I think that um, everything that this last 50 years in this country people have fought for from early days of civil rights. And I was in the South registering black voters and had numerous encounters with the Klan during that time. Um, Out of that came the Panthers who did incredible work in this country. Um, And I was involved in the anti-war movement and I lived in a feminist collective. And I think that um, I do believe that women's rights are human rights. And if they start, for example, when, if you look at what the last 50 years have brought us, both as women and as the various communities that are at greatest risk for his unleashed culture of hate, um, it's, it's the question of what we've built and what he wants to tear down. For example, Roe v. Wade, which is the Supreme Court decision that gives women the right to choose. It's not pro-abortion. It's the right to choose, the right for to control our our physical destiny in that but, way. But but that's that's law now. He can't change that, right? Oh, here's what he's here's what he's proposing. I heard him interviewed. I can hardly listen to him, but I heard him interviewed. So what that law did? Because I worked in New York when, as a student um, with this brilliant African American lawyer named Flo Kennedy. God rest her soul. She died in, at eighty five. She practically single handedly got that abortion law changed in New York, which led to Roe v. Wade. Mm. Okay. So what, why Roe v. Wade is so important? Because the decision is at the federal level. So if you're living in Mississippi 
or South Carolina, which is a very anti-women's choice states, you uh, still have the right under the federal, under the Constitution to choose. Okay, Mm -hmm. He wants to throw the issue of um, choice back to the states. But so my question is that, is that even possible because the decision has already been made at the Supreme Court level? Well, he would appeal it. They would go after that. I mean, and, and it's a Republican Congress and a Republican House. And he could challenge Roe v. Wade. And he says, quote, I'm I'm for choice, but I'll let the states decide. In a country that has so much red and so many people that have tried and tried and tried to overturn that decision. Now he's got a lot. He's got a lot of power to try and do that. Mm. Do you think that? So I, I haven't I haven't um, abreast myself of. What so all Republicans are not pro Donald Trump. That's right. Do we know right. where the House and Senate stands on how many pro Trump people were elected versus they're just Republicans that at yeah. least has some sense? You know what? That's a really good question, because now we're dealing with the 19th of December is the Electoral College vote. All of the electors are Republicans, but all the electors are not pro-Trump. Right. 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 OK. There are people in the House, you know, who are all Republicans. But do we really know if they're, you know, they think mm. he's the the president elect right now. Mm. And so who's stepping up and saying, you know, I'm not for him. I mean, we've heard, you know, Mitt Romney, who now he may offer, who's been very anti-Trump. Now he may offer a cabinet position too. Mm. So that's a good question. And well, I don't think you can't convince your enemies by them. No. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio, also streaming live on newhavenindependent.org. This is Mornings with Mubaraka, and today we are talking with Ann Massaro, the national organizer for Women and Allies Strike Out in protests, and the New Haven organizer for the December 12th rally. Um, one of the, so one of the big discussions now is, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm sure that I'm saying this very, um, with a little bit of sarcasm, it seems like Nobody even knew what the Electoral College was before this election. (laughs) That's true. And now people are like completely freaking out. So do you, can you explain? (laughs) We can together try to (laughs) figure this out. out. (laughs) So there are 38 members of the Electoral College. And I, I don't really know for sure how they get appointed, but it has something to do with I don't know, population of a state or I'm not honestly don't know, but I know that all the members are Republicans. Okay. So, now. so I do. So this I the, do know about the electoral college. So my understanding of the electoral college is one, I think is really important that it is actually in the constitution that we are, our president is elected via the votes of the electoral college. So that's, right. that's really important because when it people is talk about changing the rules of the electoral college they have to understand that we would have to go through a a very long lengthy process of actually changing a constitutional amendment which is 
quite difficult. <laughs> right. Right. That's, that's so exactly people right. have to really understand that. And what the Electoral College is, is it is a representation of the population of the states right. with the exception of a minimum of three electoral college electoral representative per state per state. So what that does is that the very small states like Vermont and New Hampshire, they, the reason why they're often considered swing states is because they automatically have three electoral college. Whereas California, if they had the, the amount that was equivalent to the, the people that they would have, 50% 50% more electoral college than they, than they right, have. Right. So it's kind of like um, you have a coin. The coin in Vermont is worth $10 and the same coin in California is only worth five. So they'll go to Vermont as right. a swing state because you have to convince less people to get more electoral that's votes. Great explanation. That's so right. it's important that I think that that's important. That is important. And the reason, the only reason why all electoral college right now is Republican is because a Republican won the electoral college. So right. every state has the equivalent electoral college for each each party. So if a state has three electoral college votes, they have three Republicans that's waiting to be the electoral college and three Democrats that's waiting to be the electoral college. Yeah. If the Democrats win the electoral college uh, in the election, then the democratic electoral college gets to vote. If the Republicans win, then the Republican electoral college gets to vote. Right. So the, 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 the conversation now about the electoral college voting is because even though we have had national elections, the electoral college cast their official ballots on, the 19th on December, December the 19th. Right. And this gets back to a point you made earlier is that they are and that explanation was perfect, but they are they're all Republicans, but they're not all pro-Trump. Right. So two of the electors that we know of. We don't know more right now. But two of them have started what is called the Hamilton Revolt. They're the Hamilton electors. And that goes back to, if you've seen the play, Hamilton is sort of based on this. We know that they have said that they are not pro-Trump. Okay? But we don't know right now how many other of those electors, I think... um, Getting the Electoral College to vote him out and vote Hillary in is such a big Hail Mary. I mean, it is a big Hail Mary. It's a big Hail Mary. (laughs) And so so let's explain to the listeners what that means. So what that means is the Electoral um, College representatives, um, they vote on the 19th, but they are technically not by any type of legislation and law obligated to vote for the person who has won the electoral vote. So each one of them, if they wanted to, can say, you know what? I'm going to vote for Mitt Mitt Romney and I'm not going to vote for Trump. So the idea is if you get enough electoral college college representative to not vote for Trump. And it doesn't even mean they have to cast their vote for Hillary. No. Just if they don't they vote don't for vote Trump. They don't vote him in. That's the... Then he will not be um, 
sworn in as president. That's right. So That's exactly that right. is when we say the that that there's this uh, this push to get the electoral college not to vote for him. That is what the goal is. To, all we have to do is to get him to only have 69 votes, right? Because you need 70 in order right. to be voted in And I will in tell you that this Hamilton revolt, there are people working very hard mm-hmm. with those two Hamilton electors. Mm. Um, so that so that's that sort of gets to the point of this whole action then. Right. Absolutely, right? And absolutely. And the date of it. So I, I want to mention one more thing about the Electoral College. Yeah. One, one more thing that is important. So... I, when you mentioned you don't quite know how they are elected, it's really hard to find, right? I, I literally spent like an entire day trying to Google how are the electoral representatives actually elected. And right. what I found was there was a, an article that said Republicans and Democrats actually choose their electoral representative differently. But in general, it's normally a person who has shown some type of dedication to the party. And then they are elected in either at the national convention or actually by the Democratic senators and Congress people. And so that is an issue I think that we need to take up later. But before it, yeah. the next election, that's right. That's actually, right. who votes in the because it should not be done by favor right no, that's right <laughs> so and so that is a, that's another topic you are very lucky <laughs> to have such a smart host of this show she did a lot of homework <laughs> you know i did because one of the things that i it was a, I, I should say it was a part of my personal activism like i don't like feeling disempowered and i really feel like knowledge is empowerment absolutely you know um the because one of the interesting thing where we um i i mentioned earlier how um that it is very difficult to get the constitution amendment uh, constitutional amendments change however one of the interesting things that I read about, and I do have to do more research on this, is that there is a push to get individual states to create legislations that will obligate the electoral college to vote with the popular vote. Vote the will so of the people. far, there are ten states. I know Connecticut is not one of them, but no. New York is. New York is that they will vote. So if so that is an alternative, which is a little bit easier than actually getting a constitutional, constitutional amendment. Yeah, right. It's for people to galvanize in their individual states right. to get the state legislators to obligate the electoral representatives to vote with, to the, vote the, people. with the popular vote. Right. So that is, again, put inside, put a little feather in your hat. We need to deal with that after January we 20th. Do. We definitely <laughs> so, need to deal with that. For sure. <laughs> um, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Mornings with Mubaraka, and we are talking to Ann Massaro, and we are talking about activism and um, the upcoming the upcoming rally. So now that we've got all our political stuff out of our system, let's talk about Now that you've been informed (laughs) about what the Electoral College really is. (laughs) Now let's talk action. So what, how did this come about? Tell me how this organization came about. So the day after the election, as I told you, I was, you know, pretty devastated. And I, like you, don't like to feel powerless. 
Mm-hmm. I know what that is. As a child, I felt that way. Um, as a woman, many times I felt that way and I don't like it. And I know how not to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And that is to get up and do something. Mm-hmm. I like that. So I needed to feel, I said to myself, I know how to do this. I've done this before. I thought those days were behind me, <laughs> but I know how to do this. And I sat and social media, all that's good and bad. This was in this case, it was great. I got online and looked at a lot of sites of um, people who were and women's sites who were outraged about having a sexual predator in the White House, having a racist and a, you know, uh, a xenophobe and a homophobe in the White House. And I started just posting to other women about my feelings and wanting to take action. A young woman, um, a Latina who has young woman who has two little children in this red county, Bastrop County, Texas, reached out and said, you want to do it? I'll do it with you. Mm. Now, I have never met this woman. I haven't met her to this day. I love social media. This, this is why. I, I, I'm telling you, it's like this, this movement could not have happened if it weren't for social media. So she said, come on, let's do this. Now, I'm not sure I knew what this was at that point, <laughs> but I knew that women, then there were protests at that point starting to go on around the country. But I know women's voices are powerful voices. And they cut across all, thank you, and they cut across all of those intersections, right, where people are most vulnerable, this increased violence and loss of civil rights. So I knew it had to be a grassroots action. And, it, and at that point, then, I think the Women's March in Washington was on, you know, in the planning stages. And I thought to myself, you know, there are women in little towns across this whole country that, you know, had, you know, fought against him and have no place to voice that rage and have no place to stand together in solidarity with other people, our allies and other women who are just, you know, have a righteous anger at, mm. at the results of this. Mm. So I knew it had to be grassroots. So, um, and I knew at first we started talking about a strike, but first of all, this was so fast. I mean, you have to look at, this was on the 11th, uh, the 10th of November till now. Mm-hmm. There was no time to organize a GoFundMe or any money that could help. Women can't afford to strike so that we don't have a fund to pay women who do strike. So it became strike out instead mm. of strike. Okay. So the way it unfolded is women started posting to my comments and saying, I'm in such and such town. I'll organize here. I'll organize there. Mm. So what we did is create a grassroots movement called women and allies strike out and protest. The action is for December 12th because of, as you said, it's before the electoral college meets. Um, and so we wanted to get people on the streets the first purpose of the action is to let our voices be heard and to stand together in solidarity to say, you know, you're safe with me. You're not alone. You know, I, you know, I am, I'm, um, I'm your sister and I'm going to fight this anger and hate. Mm. The second reason is to let our voices really be heard loud and clear to that electoral college to vote him out that we expect them to abide by the will of the people. Mm. You know, are they going to vote Hillary in when they're all, you know, but at least vote him out at this point, mm. right? So, and the third reason so at was... At this point, we, we'll settle for any of the other Republicans. Honey, <laughs> We'll I settle gotta, for any of them. I got to tell you. <laughs> did I ever think that some of these 
Oh, did, boys you ever, look did you good? ever think you would look look at Romney and say, uh, he looks like a good president? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Never would have thought. Exactly. Life would give you twists and turns. Now, this is really... Okay, so, so that's... And the other reason was kind of power for power's sake is that we are saying, and there are thousands of people participating in this action, mm. we are saying, we are putting you on watch. Mm. Banyan, Sessions... Jeff Sessions, are you kidding me? I mean, Strom Thurmond, one of the biggest racists in history, wouldn't vote for him for federal judge because he was too racist. Wow. And now <laughs> Trump wants to have him on his, in his cabinet. Wow. Okay. Wow. So we're saying the third part of that action is we are putting you on notice that we will not be bullied mm. and we will strike out and we will protest if you threaten any of our civil rights and liberties, if violence on these streets toward black youth or people of color increases, we are we are in the street and we are watching you mm. and we are protesting. I love the uh, the the title uh, inside this flyer. We are powerful pussies and we are pissed. <laughs> <laughs> that says it all. Right. I mean, that really does that just make a definitive statement. And if you look at the picture, <laughs> and those are my friends, if you look at yes. the picture on the flyer, the diversity of those women Absolutely. and the seriousness on their faces. I saw that. Right? I saw it's that. fierce. <laughs> They're not my, playing. My husband, I showed my husband the picture and he said, wow, they look really mad. I said, they are. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They are. And we're not, you know, you don't touch one person I love and care about mm. and I will act. And I'm old, all right? And I've been down <laughs> this road. You've got to stand for something in your life. So whatever Absolutely. happens, happens. We've had some things happen which mm. we'll talk about but let me let me just tell you that um how many cities are on board oh absolutely okay so we started and we were at like right off right you know right away we were at like 10 cities you know women stood up mm. what cities do you imagine la new york mm. i mean the woman in new york this young woman has isabel gutierrez she's in at nyu she has three thousand people come into her protest in wow. march Wow. <laughs> she stepped up. I mean, that's the important thing. So we're now up to 20 cities. Awesome. We just got Detroit on yesterday, which yeah. I'm really happy about. Awesome. Um, and I can I can tell you a list of and cities. And so these are simultaneous protests on they December 12th? They are all happening on December 12th. Okay. In some cities, um, Aida, our, one of our organizers in Houston said, you know, a boycott and spending is not going to work in Houston that day. Mm. New York is calling for it. Mm. So that so what we did is that's the whole point of this is we have I call them cells because you got to learn from the bad guys and you got to make it for the good, you know, mm. the good of the people. So we have all of these women organizers in cities and as long as the action was to stand together in solidarity with all people, we're very inclusive um that are, you know, affected by this. And two, to let the Electoral College. So we're going to have petitions that circulate electronically at the protest rallies to sign Change.org's petition that will go in immediately. So there's no paper. It will go in electronically. Okay. Um, and then um, so each city got to decide when on that day was best for them. Okay. Okay. And, they, you know, there was the issue of permits. Who has to have a permit? Right. Some cities, I will tell you, could not get permits and they're going to do civil disobedience. Oh, wow. So, Yeah. Because they're pissed. Because they're pissed. <laughs> yeah. Because they're sure. pissed. I mean, hell no. This is not going to happen. So we have about 20 cities. Um, yesterday, when that article in Time Out New York came out, 
Um, it okay, was so. Our, tell us about we didn't mention that yet. Tell us about the article in Time oh, about New York. So, so into this when I'm talking, and I'm, and Amy has two little kids, so we would sort of have to divide up how we were gonna, how we were gonna do this. And another woman who had been one of the early people in Pantsuit Nation in Boston, who's organizing Boston, stepped up and helped us nationally, which changed everything because mm. you, you know we had more, as my mother would say, more hands make the work lighter. Yes. So, um, so we started getting all of these women on board, you know, to do this. What did you ask me? Ask me, just ask me something. Tell us about the article. We didn't oh, mention oh, that so yet. So time out. So about two weeks into this, we get a call from an ad agency in New York City in Brooklyn. And they said, we heard about you and we want to take you on pro bono. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. I was like, oh, I can't believe this. So they've been doing we did. We have now a press release. We have template flyers. It makes it easy for a city to get up and running. And they've been reaching out to the media. So yesterday, Time Out New York did an article on the New York protest on the twelfth. And the Time action. Out New York is that a, a physical paper or online paper? It's a physical paper, okay. and it's a it's a paper that um, lists all the stuff that's going on in the city. Okay. You know, all the activities, or they'll do articles on where to take your kids in the city, or mm. you know, plays, and you know, it's that that sort of a mat. People go to it often to refer for events and at, you know, things to do. Uh-huh. They have those publications across the country. So the writer who did New York wants to pitch it so that every time out in the country would do it. Oh, that which would, would be, be awesome. great. That would be great. We've had um, an interview. I had an interview with public radio international, which has really reached a lot of women. So yesterday I was on the train to Boston to work on a strategic vision and mission for this, at, for this movement. I had, in two hours, I had 10 requests from women in other cities to get up and running. Awesome. Awesome. Is it too late if somebody is listening to this and they want to organize something in their city? Is it no, too late? No, it's not because um, you should private message me on okay. Facebook. All and right. it's Ann Hartman Massaro. Okay. And he, here's why it's not too late. We kind of made this because it was so fast and grassroots easy. So the first thing you do is you find a place. So uh, Onidas Latinas here in New Haven gave me some very good advice. They said, because they've been protesting on the sidewalks since the election, they said public sidewalks, public parks, we consider them public. So they didn't get a permit. Mm. I, because of the green, I got a permit on the green because this has grown so much. And I'm having, and we should talk about the MC who's going to play there and what he's mm. doing. But um, so I got a permit. So the first thing is you have to find a place where people are going to be safe where they can get to conveniently and then check out the permit situation. Once you do that and once you get the location, say it's a public park, you know, it doesn't have to be symbolic. doesn't have to be in front of a courthouse. LA is marching the Donald Trump star mm. in front of CBS. Wow. Boulevard. <laughs> so those are some, those are some badass sisters. I just have to say. <laughs> so anyhow, um, once you get that place and you get in touch with me, we can get you, we have a banner for Facebook we can get your pages up. We have people that will help you get a city page up and link it to an event page. Okay. We have templates for flyers. We have templates for press releases. We have a statement of purpose. We have everything you need. I'll email it to you. And we have a secret um, page on Facebook. This is So this, all of these are on Facebook right now. That's our platform. It will change. But it was so fast we had to use it. No, Facebook is a great, out, is that a great outlet. Well, we've been hacked. Oh, really? As the numbers went up for events in a lot of the cities, the pages oh, went my down. Gosh. New Haven went down. Really? And we had to recreate it. So 
Wow. So there are issues with Facebook, mm. security issues that mm. you need. But but it was fast, it was easy, and there were so many people on it. Mm. So we can get you up very, very quickly. Then your job is to get people there. And none of these women have done this before. I don't have like super major organizers, you know, on this, on our organizing team. Mm. Um, but they just were determined. And so they mm. did it. So we tried to make it as easy as Passion possible. Passion is like the, the most motivating thing. <laughs> so it's like, what organize. do you do at these protests, right? People mm. have said, well, what do I do? I've never done this. Well, I'm really all about open mics. So I really want the voice of the people to be heard. So we got mics, we got a stage, and I want people to stand up and talk about why they're there. Why are they, why did they come? And then we have the ever fabulous MC, Big Steph, Big, well, I think it's, it's S-T-E-P-H, but I think it's Steve, because his name is Steven, um, is an extraordinary MC and a friend of, friends of mine, and he agreed to do this for free. So he's going to be spinning, he's going to be tracking sort of where we are in this, this hate, this, this culture of hate. He'll start back with like Marvin Gaye and, and go to, you know, have Tupac in common and people who have been singing about this through music, tracking how we, where we are. Mm, wow. That sounds, so, that sounds like a show in itself. It is. <laughs> and he is so fabulous. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. And you are listening to Mornings with Mubarakah, where I'm talking to Ann Massaro about the women and allies strike out and protest. So um, the women and allies strike out and protest is going to happen in over 20 cities in the United States, including New Haven, Connecticut, on December the 12th. It is a a rally to action. It is for women to stand in solidarity with our sisters against Donnie Boys, racism, sexism, sexual assault, homophobia, xenophobia, and hate. You can... Find out how you can join. You can start a, uh, a one in your city if you don't if, if there's not one already um, taking place by connecting with them on Facebook at Women Strike Out in Protest December 12th. For us, it's New Haven. If you're in New Haven, you can go to that Facebook page and get the latest and find out where to show up, what time to show up. So in New Haven, it is 12 p.m. It's Monday, December 12th at 12 p.m. on the New Haven Green. If you um, have one in your city, it may be a different time, but it's going to be on the same day, correct? Right. Same day. Same so day, the city? maybe a different time. Yes. Why don't you give us a list of the cities? Okay. Here's what we have. We have New York, obviously. The, the big cities, the, the coast, the, the blue, bright blue coast were uh, the first sign up. So, but we have, we have New York City. We have Boston. And you go to Women and Allies, strike out and protest December 12th. And you will see, um, and you will, pages will pop up on Facebook. And you'll see one for each of these cities linked to an event. So put that inside the search engine of Facebook. Exactly. And mm-hmm. you'll see a lot of them pop up. Okay. So we have New York, we have Boston, L.A., Portland, Oregon, Houston, Texas. Shout out to my sister Aida there. She's fabulous. Um, Sag Harbor, New York, Orlando, Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, which is a big one because it's pretty red. Um, Columbus, Ohio, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Seattle, New Haven, Santa Barbara, California, Bastrop County, Texas, which is bright red. And there are three sisters there that are really organizing a pretty big protest. 
um, Dallas, San Francisco, Denver, St. Thomas, Virgin Islands. Wow. Yeah. Oakland, California, Fort Lauderdale, Charlotte, North Carolina. The Detroit came on yesterday. We are have the possibility of um, Utah, Logan, Utah, Tucson, and Tampa. Wow. So if you are in or near any of those cities, you can join this woman strike out and protest. So we are we have probably about five more minutes on the show. Tell me about is there a action plan after the protests? Well, that's what everybody's asking. So what's next? What's next? Like, let's say this doesn't work. What's next? I was working with one of the organizers and we're building that organizing committee, but I was working on a, a vision and mission for the movement, uh, women, women and allies. Um, and we've sort of been working on some guiding principles. This I can tell you for sure. It will be guided. We will be focusing on if he gets in office, the next hundred days are critical. So we will look at what those no- appointees are, you know, what the nominees for his house i mean his cabinet positions are there will be actions around that Mm. um i can't tell you specifically what but we are we have we are really watching what happens and there will be we're we can move quickly and we are local so we can look at national issues right now and we can move and do actions on a local level across the country Mm. so i can't tell you exactly what well how that'll have to be informed somewhat in thinking beyond the 12th um Mm. But there will be many more actions. This is only beginning of this movement. Okay, awesome. So get, get, leave us something, what we like to leave the listeners with. What would you like to leave people with to think about, too? Here's, here's one of, <clears throat> I referred to earlier, Flo Kennedy, who's the African-American woman lawyer who changed that law in New York. And she's, she was smart as a whip and funny. And she used to say, I'll remember this. She used to say, don't agonize, organize. <laughs> God, that remind me of uh, President Obama's don't boo, vote. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. She so also organized. said, if women were supposed to do dishes all the time, we'd be born with sponges instead of hands. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And the next time that I tell my boys to go do the dishes, <laughs> right. I'm going to use that. That's right. <laughs> You just gave me some more fuel for my parenting fire. Because <laughs> dishes is not my favorite thing. That's what, that's why you have kids, right? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I want to thank you so much. This was a really delightful conversation. It really does. I think that um, people having a way to voice their opposition and their anger and their sadness and their shock in a safe space is right. really important. Really important. It's really important. So and these route, these protests are peaceful mm-hmm. and we intend to keep them peaceful. People, women have asked me, can they bring their children? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You, and and I, I think that that is going to be an important um, side of result of the of this particular election is a lot of young people i was speaking to a friend yesterday in fact and she's like 
you know, her daughter who is, who's otherwise, you know, unassuming and not really like kind of like raging protests actually asked her to go to the women's rally in D.C. And so she's taking her because she specifically asks and it makes people feel as if they their voice is at least being heard. And that's right. really important. We just have to make sure that, as you said, after the um, if he is sworn in as president, we have to stay engaged and don't just sit back and let things happen to us. Because despite the fact of this not going the way that most of us and also remember that, that most people in the United States did not vote for him. And that's really and I, I remind myself that very intentionally as I go about my day is that most Americans do not side with him. And we right. have to constantly remember that. Um, and so it's important, but it's important that we engage and we stay engaged in this process. Right. So I want to thank you for joining me and I want to thank everybody for listening. You've been listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio, also streaming live on New Haven Independent Org. This has been Mornings with Mubaraka, where we look at national issues from a local level through a lens of diversity. I want to remind you that if you missed any part of the show, that you can find us on iTunes and iClouds. Please go and find us there and give it a listen. And hopefully we will see you at the protest on the New Haven Green on December the 12th, 12 p.m., and we'll see you there. And I'm Mubaraka Ibrahim reminding you to be a voice and not an echo.